0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Friday episode of Locked On Avalanche. Going to be doing a lot of crossovers on Fridays. And where is the most perfect place to start right now? That is to bring in our prospect guru, Hattie Kalakesh, to talk all things draft. And we are going to announce our NHL, Locked On NHL mock draft selection for the colorado avalanche new episode of locked on abs coming at you right now your
1: locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a third face. And he should be a familiar face because he's been on our show before. And that is our Locked On NHL prospects guru. Mr. Hattie Kalakash. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. And thank you, Hattie, for uh, joining us once again in which is your most busiest time of the year. But this is where this is your Christmas. You're you're very happy.
2: Yeah, it's Christmas if you work in uh, in Walmart. You know what I mean? So it's yes. like it's right. that kind of thing. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a really fun time. Uh, I love talking about prospects and what a draft year we're about to have. This is going to be fantastic.
0: It's going to be fun. I, what do you do once the draft is over? Like, do you, what do you do for some, like, self-soothing? Do you, do you take Nana's little vacation or something or what?
2: I've got time off at the first two weeks of January. But, I, sorry, first two weeks of July, <laughs> rather. Still think about Christmas. not that really rare. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no. What I'll what I'll actually do during that time is, um, you know, I, I work for Habs, Eyes on the prize, write some articles for them, and all that. I'll be doing some in depth prospect reports on each of the prospects that are gonna, that they're going to be picking. So my vacation is actually not a vacation. <laughs> not a vacation. Um, yeah. But this this listen, I I love what I do. So it feels like a vacation. That's the thing. You got to find the job that doesn't feel like a job and this doesn't feel like a job. So
0: you you love what you do and you never work a day in your life. Is Exactly. uh, The saying. So, um, (laughs) all right, we're going to get to the draft and and our pick for the abs and our mock drafts. We're going to talk about the central division and all the picks that they have in the first round. Uh, but where we're going to start today, didn't really plan on starting here. Uh, but some news came out in the afternoon that, Eric Johnson, the longest tenured Av, as it stands right now, um, is likely parting ways with the Colorado Avalanche. So it's kind of a bittersweet moment um, because Kyle and I had talked about this several times. It, it, we we kind of thought it would go this way. I think a lot of people thought, well, he might come back. He'd, he'd take a massive pay cut <laughs> to do that. Um, but I, we kind of just felt like the ads were going to go a little bit younger, and and on top of that, the production for Eric Johnson obviously has really kind of fallen. So it just seemed like you've done everything you can here. You won the cup with the ad, like, which was massive for him and the fan base and the franchise. And now it's time to part. It doesn't seem like he wants to retire, and he might go somewhere. So I want to get your feelings, Kyle, first on on the news. Honestly, it, it you could look at it twofold. You kind of knew
1: it was going to happen. You didn't know if it was going to be retirement or what it would be. But w- the everydayers know me and Chris kind of joke about getting the band back together as the avalanche mentality. It's kind of striking going into this off season that it's already turning out not to be the case. <laughs> like this, this, w- Chris, you mentioned like, why not bring him back on like a million dollar one year, one million, two million? Like, just if he wanted to come back, just kind of make this his good farewell tour. They're not doing that. And this is Eric no. Johnson. So, letting him walk, yes, it's bittersweet. Like, it's the condor. It's going, there's going to be a huge absence when it comes to not seeing that number six on the ice. But yeah. the avalanche. They, by doing this, they're showing they are committed to getting this team back to the cup winning ways. A hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. And it, and we talked about it with LaCroix yesterday that, hey, if you're not bought in, sold out, this is where we're going. It doesn't matter what name we're shipping in, shipping out.
0: We're going back for the cup. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly right. With, you know, if they were a middle of the range team on down, Eric Johnson probably comes back, but this just shows like no, we, we need to make moves. We we need to be healthy. Got to get a little bit younger. Not that they're an old team, but Eric Johnson is, he's getting up there. He's in mid thirties right now. And like I said, with the production, it's been falling as of a little bit of late for the past couple of years. And it just is the right time to do it. Um, he will go down as uh, not. I mean, I say an all time av not as in terms of, you know, numbers or anything like that, but just in the eyes of what he meant to the team and the fan base. And Hattie, I'll bring you in on this because he's, you know, the number one picks are always looked at in a different light, right? They're always, you know, what what did you do? Did you live up to that number one billing? And like I said, he's not retiring, but you know, he's I've got a few more years left. What would you say as a whole for Eric Johnson? Do you feel like he has lived up to the number one overall pick? In terms of his career so far?
2: I mean, I, I remember when I started out watching hockey, Eric Johnson had just barely gotten drafted and he had a really, really good rookie season and it looked so exciting. And obviously the production dipped from then, but he's always been a solid top four defenseman. For a long time, he was the Avalanche top pair defenseman. Mm-hmm. He was just a consistent, solid element of your lineup. Well, that Does that consist of what you usually expect from a first overall pick? No, but he's been a tremendously solid and consistent element for the Avalanche for so long. Um, but I think this move is mainly, like Cal mentioned, it's just, it's not being on the fence. That's mainly what this move is, is making sure that, you're very clear about where you're, you're going direction-wise with your team, and especially with some of the players that are in the, in the depth chart, in the system, uh, some of the defensemen that are working their way up. Um, I'm personally a big, big fan of Sean Barron's. I think he's going to have a yeah. great career. So that's one guy who's going to be stealing a spot sooner rather than later. Um, so you, you have to make move for those, especially you know, given the fact that first overall picks usually get a premium in terms of contracts. It's very, very rare that a, a, a first overall pick ends up being underpaid for their value usually they're overpaid. Yeah. So in a situation like this where the Avalanche are slowly but surely understanding the value of cap space with that tremendous uh, McKinnon contract coming to an end, it's, it's about time to start thinking about your cap space and how are you are going to manage that. So I, I think this is a good move in terms of prioritizing team success, but obviously it's got to be tough to see that guy go.
0: Yeah, like Kyle said, it's it's going to be odd not seeing a, a number six uh, floating around on the ice with Johnson on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, very possibly could be a, a retired number. I, I think that's a discussion for, for later on, but I I would think more likely than not, I would say that that's a retired number. What do you think so, Kyle?
1: Yeah, and he's going to be a retired number, and it's going to be one of those that win that matchup. Whatever. If he does decide to go to another team, it's going to be w- weird to see him again in other colors. Granted, he was – dr- yeah he was he was where where do you think he's gonna go i it feels like a
0: maybe go back to St. Louis kind of thing oh like God. Do you, like uh, oh man it, that that is a smack in the face right there not, it, just, not a,
2: it, it, it just feels yeah. like
0: like who else
1: really would have an interest in that like we mentioned his productions he's just coming off a six million dollar contract. Mm -hmm. like it's who's going to go out there and say yeah this is the production we need one year one million dollars you can barely give us a full season your production's not off the charts granted you're there but the game's faster than you nowadays Um, and it doesn't matter like eric johnson doesn't mean much to anybody that's not a colorado avalanche fan like even the blues like yeah he was a good first like first overall pick but other than that it's not a lot of fond memories there
0: yeah, what do you think, Hattie? Do you have a prediction on where he might go? Just a good feeling, but I'm feeling Dallas for some reason. Ooh, I feel like that, this is, this is that, funny because Kyle picked division rival. Addy picked division rival. I mean, I, usually when this stuff happens, I look at, like, all right, where, where did they grow up? And he's a Minnesota boy. Mm-hmm. So oh, well, that's a good a fit, award. too. Is, so they, they, <laughs> <laughs> I think all three of us picking division rivals is – is kind of ironic, but but who would uh, have the
1: most game tape on Eric Johnson when it comes to yeah, seeing him day in, day out? You see that name up there, you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I remember those rivalry games, the division games. Eric Johnson yeah. was a
0: problem. Let's bring him in, <laughs> yep. see what he can would do. Would he do that? Would he go to a division foe? I, it, I mean, anything is possible, but I think you're, I think everybody's right. Like, we're th- where the abs are right now, they have uh, a need for his type of defense. Um, on their team, they can't just load up on offensive defensemen. They need guys that you know defense is their forte. Um, so they need someone like that. It's just not him where it is right now in his career. So, <clears throat> having said that, uh, our mock selection I'll tip a little bit is a defenseman. So <laughs> maybe this moves the process on a little a little bit uh, quicker. Uh, we will get to that next. Our uh, pick for the. Avalanche in our Locked On NHL Mock Draft. But first, we're going to hear from Bird Dogs, and we say it all the time, this is uh, Kyle's favorite company that we have teamed up with here at Locked On. And Bird Dogs are stretch khaki shorts, and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. And like we said, summer has officially started. Who doesn't want a sculpted look in the summertime? Am I right? So Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and they're better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice on movement and bird dogs also uses the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl and with your order they're going to throw in a free yeti style Tumblr, there's that beautiful thing right there. Uh like I said, with any order, go to birddogs.com slash lockdown for that free Yeti style tumbler. And you will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, let's get to our uh our pick for the avalanche. Before we do that though, I kind of have to tell this story because <laughs>
2: I've
0: been sitting on it for a little while. I've recovered from it. I want to make that clear. But here's a little situation. Here's a little behind the scenes headbutting that went on uh, during the Locked On NHL <laughs> um, mock draft. We did this thing through email, and after however many days, it finally got to our pick, and Andrew Crystal was there, and. I was trying to find a podium to run to to <laughs> type in. I want like, we are selecting Andrew, and we got him. Like, I, I was really not expecting him to be there. Um, absolutely. Like, he, he, I mean, he's on my list of who I, I wanted, but he was kind of down just for the sheer fact that I didn't think he was going to be there. Calling me surprised that he was, instantly replied, This is our pick. What happens next? The Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, Philadelphia Flyers decide to make a trade and send the Flyers the 22nd pick. So what did we have to do? We had to back up the picks. And I had just made this pick. This happened like the next morning that we found out about. So we backed up the picks back to 22 so the Flyers could make their pick. And who do they take? (laughs) Andrew Crystal. I yes. was not a happy host uh, but I get it. Like, I mean it was all in good fun but uh because if we waited to do this after the trade went down it would it would have never seen the light of day but mm-hmm. um so we had to restructure and they took him that it's it's there you know that's all fair uh so we went in a defensive direction and uh with the the 27th pick uh, we took Mikhail Guliaev um, out of the – well, Isn't he KHL and the MHL. He's playing he's, – he's, he's a Russia boy. Which so, is usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, really speedy defenseman, left-handed defenseman, and he has everything that the Avalanche love in a defenseman, speed and an offensive game, which is very, very impressive. What do you think about our, our pick, Hattie? Is, is, that, is that an okay pick? Does it, does it satisfy you?
2: It does very much. Uh, you know, Gulyayev is about in that range in my rankings. I've got him at 25th in my personal ranking. So this is right about his wheelhouse and where I would pick him. There were a couple of guys that weren't picked in the first round uh, at all in our mock draft that I, I would like to see kind of go in that range. But in terms of rangy, mobile defensemen who are able to move the puck quickly, make decisions quickly, you know, get up the ice in a controlled manner rather than just, you know, being dump out specialists like like a lot of, you know, uh six foot plus 200 pound defense. I I, I prefer this style of defenseman. He's mm-hmm. 5'10", 170, but really, really smart. And that's one thing that stands out in, in his offensive game. Now, defensively, he has some work to do. The MHL isn't necessarily the league that favors defense the most. So you end up with a lot of raw defensemen coming out of there. Um But once he hits the KHL, starts playing, you know, minutes against men regularly, especially against men who know how to play hockey, because the KHL is no slouch of a league. It's a very difficult league to succeed in. I feel like we're going to see progression in Gugliaev's game. It's just simply that right now he hasn't faced enough scenarios where his defense is tested for it to improve. Uh, But I feel like that's going to come with time. But honestly... There's he, I think he's the most, you know, one of the most, if not the most mobile defenseman in this draft. Mm. So if you want a, a kid who can skate, he's got you um, great with the puck and consistently delivers pucks into better areas than he got him. So in terms of value, this is great value. Twenty seven. Um, obviously, Chris Crystal is my guy. I've got him 11th overall. <laughs> oh. and He's the one that got away. It's kind of I feel bad for Goliath though, if he's watching this, because it's like knowing that you're <laughs> it's like knowing that your girlfriend liked your friend more than you. You know what I mean, but yeah, listen, it's 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 because I, it I love
0: I love Guliaev, yeah. but I just got the taste of Andrew Crystal <laughs> for a second, and it's like I lost it, and yep. I I want it back. So yep. is, is there a possibility? And I kind of didn't mean to cut you off, but is there mm-hmm. a possibility that that Crystal could be there
2: at twenty seven, uh, or do you think he's yes, going to be? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, oh, he could be. Man. He's the type of player who, you know, a lot of NHL scouts want to keep their job real bad, and I don't blame them, because if I worked for an NHL team, I would love to keep my job, right? But you gotta take a swing from time to time. Crystal is very inconsistent, mm-hmm. especially on a team like Kelowna, where he's not well-surrounded. He stands out like a sore thumb when he's not present, hmm. um, you know, in terms of his involvement. So, you know, he's a type of player who has elite-level smarts, has fantastic hands, has one of the best shots in the draft, um, and a fantastic playmaking game as well. But there are some games where his effort level wanes, where he doesn't seem to have his head in the game the whole time. Sometimes he's just kind of uh, kind of uh, just streaking down the ice, not really with a lot of effort or pace to his game, just kind of um, just gliding down the ice, essentially. So it's just upping that consistency is so important with Crystal, but the skill set is so high-end. Um yeah, but I understand why teams would be turned off because he's 5'10", 165 with not the highest effort level, not the best skating. Just um just put yeah. him
0: with Nathan McKinnon in practice and that exactly. effort level would be fine.
2: Everything <laughs> yeah. works out like that. And I, I'm not too worried about effort level in terms of because a lot of players will up their pace and effort level once they reach the NHL and not just for a short time. It's just you know, they get a taste of the NHL, they get a taste of the pace of player, and they're like, Oh man, I need to work on this. And mm. Before you know it, the effort level is at least at a baseline average. But the players who are at a baseline average or higher than average in effort level, that increases even more drastic when they reach the shell, right? Okay. So that's the concern with Crystal. Is, is he going to be able to up his consistency, up his effort level, and improve his skating? But I feel like the Colorado Avalanche are a good enough development team that especially at 27, he's worth the swing. Like I said, I've got For him sure. 11th overall. I really believe in the skill set. So, yeah.
1: All right, I'm going to take off the headset for a second. I'm going to sit with all my peeps, the Colorado Avalanche fans. and We're, <laughs> we're picking at we're 27. We're looking at a very – the roster makeup, you really have no idea what it's going to look like. When it comes yeah. to Goulier, how NHL-ready is he? And what at this point, what do you think with trading out of that 27th position – is that even a possibility because you're looking at the, because I hear like a defenseman, I hear everything you're saying and I know going into next year, you want that immediate, you you want roster spots.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Good. Go ahead.
1: All right. Is this going to be the next two or three years because Yesterday, we were talking about draft bus. Before Kale McCarr, it was very hit and miss on how the Avalanche draft and if it's going to even make anything. So Mm -hmm. is this going to be something we're kicking the can down the road, just waiting and waiting and waiting for development while the Avalanche are struggling to put a roster together, kind of like they did at the trade deadline this year? Is Mm -hmm. he good enough to make the NHL now, or is this going to be longer down the line? Because next year, around the Avalanche, the questions are how this roster looks.
2: Yeah, uh, Gulyayev is very far from an NHL spot. I'm I'm talking four to five years. He's probably gonna come over when he's 23, 24. That's that's the kind of timeline I see for him, mainly because he hasn't seen he hasn't seen many you know d- clearly not enough defensive scenarios where he's faced with high end pressure, where he's got players closing down on him as he's carrying out the puck. He's very poised and controlled with with the puck, and it's very obvious in the MHL, but the KHL is a different animal when it comes to pressure. So how does he handle that? And then that's going to give us a good idea of how he handles that at the NHL level. But Guliayev is, is a, about the furthest from uh, an immediate add to your lineup as I, as I have in my first round. Wow. You know, and, and if you want uh, some guy who's going to come in right away, you, you're going to have to trade up. They're, mm. they're going to be gone by this range. Unless you go for maybe, maybe Nate Danielson, who also probably will be gone. Samuel Hansak could be in there as well. But... These are a couple of guys who are highly sought after because of their safe floor, because of the fact that they're, they're, they've got the NHL frame already and have some pretty projectable elements of their game. Those are the only two guys I have below Goliayev in my rankings. Um, and if I'm not wrong, I believe Samuel Hansek went undrafted in our, in our mock draft. So he could mm. be very well available at 27. It's a very cool. likely possibility. But like I mentioned, it, it's hard to find yeah. players with certainty at this range for sure.
0: So the, the abs, you know a few years ago <clears throat> had one of the better prospect pools in the league. that has yep. really dwindled down. So a lot of people are kind of looking at it as, you know they, they just they just need to get the pick right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they don't necessarily need the best player available that they, they still need somebody that works in their system, but they have to get the pick right. So if it's not Gulyayev for either that's yeah, just not their pick or he's already taken. Who are a couple other guys in that range that you feel maybe fits the Avalanche system um, and could just be flat out a a good pick at 27?
2: Are we talking safety and and floor, or are we talking good swings in terms of upside?
0: I would say... I would honestly just say safety. Like, I don't think the Avalanche are in a position to really take long, big swings and and hope it pans out.
2: Yeah, for sure. So... The main guy I would look at in this range, probably a guy like Otto Stenberg. Very, very okay. projectable player who plays with speed and pace and intensity, but also has decent defensive elements. He's been he's been kind of weird to scout because in the junior leagues, he's been very difficult to watch. It's been very tough to to kind of look at him and see projectability, but every time he's played in the SHL, he's been fantastic. So that's one guy I would look at but okay. the other two I mentioned, Nate Danielson and Samuel Hansak, could very well be available in this range, and those are two of the most certain players ever um, you know, in, in this draft class. Now, we're also talking about Brady Neager. Brady Yeager,
0: yeah,
2: he's been dropping on a lot, a lot of rankings. So he could very well be one guy who's available in this range. Um, okay. But, you know, he's still got that upside as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are three, four guys I would talk about. Ethan Goche, especially is about as surefire a bet as you can get even gotcha i call him the ultimate line glue you can stick him with anyone yeah and he works he's yeah. just he's so adaptable he molds his game to who he's, he plays with and especially he's got a baseline of everything you need speed smart skill intensity you know he's not high end in any area but he's making the nhl i can almost guarantee it
0: he was another one on my list um and and it, yeah i i was kind of going back and forth between the two of them mm-hmm. so i do like him He like Endless motor, that guy. So oh
2: yeah. Really, He's
0: I, I kind of just feel like the abs are gonna be able to to have a good selection here at, at 27. It's obviously a much deeper draft than last year. So um, but they don't pick again until the fifth round. Yeah. So again, we're talking about how they need to build up this prospect pool again, is trading out of it somehow, somehow getting maybe a couple extra picks in the second and third, some but does that benefit you going forward cuz those are crapshoot picks you know what i mean it, so it
2: depends where you land honestly because yeah. i believe there are truly 45 to 50 first round caliber players in the draft so if you can trade wow. your pick 27 mm. for a pick in the 30s and a pick in the 40s you're you're gaining value in my yeah. opinion and yeah. a lot of guys are going to drop um, if you mm. if, if, the, if the avs end up with a pick in the 30s and the 40s jaden is going to be in that range peron is really? 12th in my rankings and wow. I absolutely love everything he does. So that's one guy I would I would target. He's smaller, but absolutely does not. He's not hindered by his size at all. Mm-hmm. So if the apps okay. straight down, I wouldn't pick him at twenty seven because definitely, definitely he's not going in the first round. So you're 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 reaching for him. But you know, if if I'm a team with a pick in the thirties and the forties, he's on my radar immediately. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting mm-hmm. to see uh, for a lot of reasons, but um, not that far away. So uh, there are. Other picks uh, in the first round when it comes to the central 12 yeah. in total. So let's talk about them uh, in a second here. But first we are going to hear from game time and the game time app. So buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over purchasing the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you are about to have. And what are some of the f- things that we like about the Game Time app experience? The flash deals on last-minute tickets. They're easy to find and buy your tickets for every kind of event in your area. The images of the seat view, the thing that Colin and I love the absolute best. They have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and even job loss protection. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create the account and redeem the code locked on NHL for twenty dollars off. Game time app. Download it today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be somebody got loud here. I don't know who it was, but somebody <laughs> I there, there it's coming down for some reason. I don't know. A lot of volume issues, but we're good. <laughs> we're good. Um, the Central. Uh, the the Avs are going to have to deal with some prospects in the next few years because, uh, including the Avalanche, there's 12 first-round selections by teams in the Central. Clearly, you know, the number one overall pick going to Chicago and that guy that we're going to have to deal with for a little while. Um, but – How do you see the central shaping up? And I mean, even in the the top ten, there's three first round picks in the top ten, and you have St. Louis, who seems to be picking, you know, 29 times out of 32 teams (laughs) in the first round. Like, it's just crazy. Um, Where where do you have some of these guys going to? Some of the Avalanche foes that could, that could cause problems for them, obviously.
2: Oh, for sure. Bedard's a Blackhawk. That's already yeah. in the books. You're, there's no doubt about it. No one else is going first. He's alone in a tier of his own at the top of the draft there. Um, man, then it gets a bit complex. I mean, obviously St. Louis has got three picks. Their first pick is the 10th uh, overall pick. Tenth, yeah. I I have a hunch if they're going to be going for a big defenseman. So if David Reinbacher is available there, he's definitely, definitely their pick. Um, and uh, I believe our locked on hosts for St. Louis picked Axel sending Pelica. I don't think that's realistic just mainly because St. Louis loves their big guys and sending Pelica is about the furthest thing from that as a <laughs> defenseman. So uh, that's one guy who I'd be surprised goes to them. But after that, I mean, you've got a couple of shouts uh, 12th overall, Tom Villander going to Arizona, I think would be, would be something I can see another big right-handed defenseman who's really speedy and skilled. Um, by the way, if he, if he slips to 27th to the Avalanche, run to the stage. He's okay. fantastic value. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, some guys. Um, there. yeah. um, who,
0: I, I, I keep hearing, and not to go back to, to Crystal all the time, but, um, you know, Trots made a comment that yep. was like, oh, we're going to take some swings on some guys. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are immediately putting Crystal with him because of that comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that something that they, they could? Is, is, is that, do you have him in mind because of a comment like that too? Or, oh, or absolutely.
2: hundred percent. Okay. If you, if you're talking, if you're talking about t- swinging for, for the fences, I, I, Andrew Crystal exemplifies that perfectly. So I wouldn't put it past them, but I still think that Trotz's scouting team is going to see some flaws in his game that will push him down the rankings and put a couple of guys with upside as well. Maybe not as high upside, but definitely have upside in that range. Um, I have a feeling that, I don't know why, but Axel sending Pelica just seems like such a predator's pick, especially with mm-hmm. those Barry Choss comments. So if he's available at 15, I think he's their guy. Um, and but I've seen I,
0: a couple of mocks sending him to the Avs, believe it or not. Oh, I yeah. yeah.
2: That That's Pelican. low. I don't think he gets past the top 20. He's okay. that good. Just the offensive skill on him is fantastic. and <laughs> Yeah, he, he's in contention for the best defenseman in this draft for me. So he's up there. Oh, another and I, guy I think they'll take is Dmitry Simashev, uh, who I, I didn't mention, but he's eighth overall and he's the highest defenseman on my rankings.
0: You mentioned him in the last time you were on our show. Was yep. you, you mentioned Simashev. Yep. So you, you do like that boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, go. and,
1: and going into next year, when it comes to the Central and the, just the division as a whole, where the Avalanche like to sit with their core, mm-hmm. we know Bedard to Chicago. With the wealth of picks that... Teams like Arizona has. Mm-hmm. Like they have more draft picks than they have rostered players. Um mm-hmm. does that lend itself to flipping the central when it comes to the power struggle? Does does the way that Dallas is positioned, Minnesota, St. Louis, does that because we talked just a couple days ago that the Colorado Avalanche are favored, they're cup favorites going into this year. Mm-hmm. Will this draft affect anything other than Chicago?
2: I don't think it will, um, mainly for the reason that if you're not picking in the top three, you're not getting a, a, a player who's NHL ready this year. Typically, um, you know, a lot of players that will be NHL ready would benefit from an extra year in juniors and will probably be sent down. So in terms of the immediate power struggle, no concern for next year. Uh, later down the line. It really, really depends on whether or not Arizona does the same thing they did last year, which is pick guys who should not be picked as high as they are uh, in the first round. You know, Matt Bemishkov is probably going to be able to be available at six overall. Hmm. I don't think the Arizona Coyotes touch him with a with a twelve foot stick. So that's one thing that is already, you know, that's my prediction there. But I'm pretty sure that Arizona's probably going to end up with another couple of surefire bets. We're going to play games for them eventually, but won't be anything special. Won't be stars. Um, so yeah, no, I'd be very, very surprised if there was a, a flip in the, in, in the structure of the central division. That'd be very surprising to me. Well,
0: okay. teams have interest in who Arizona picks because they're going to be on their team
2: one day. <laughs> That's,
0: <laughs> That's about so. it. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I gotta ask, uh, where you have Ryan Leonard going, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I golf with his uncle. So, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: He's ninth overall in my rankings, but honestly, pick six to nine. I've got Will Smith, Oliver Moore, Dmitry Simashev, and Ryan Leonard. Mm-hmm. All four of those guys are neck and neck, and it's, it was a headache to rank him. So mm-hmm. they're in the same tier for me, and you could scramble them and put them in any order, and I'd be fine with it. Um, I have Smith ahead because Smith has, has the potential to be a 90-plus point scorer at the NHL level. I have Oliver Moore right after him because I think of the three, is going to be the most impactful overall. And then Ryan Leonard is the third in that in that regard because he plays a very very good physical game, um, but I have a, I have a lot of trouble seeing him score more than sixty five points a game, uh, yeah. at, at in his prime. So that's kind of my reasoning for that. And Simashev is sprinkled into him, into that because he's Dmitri Simashev and he's amazing at everything he does. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Do you have a Simashev jersey in every in thirty two teams just to be on the safe side <laughs> right now?
2: One day I'm saving up for it. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Who do you feel is, is a guy that, and I know this is kind of difficult to predict, but who mm-hmm. do you think is a guy that a team is going to reach way too much for? I know like we had Columbus a couple of years ago reach for a guy that was like predicted to go in like the fifth round or something Level. like that. I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. is, is there a player that, that is maybe like you have a little bit low and a team that's like in the top 15 or top 12 is going to reach a little bit too much for a guy?
2: I would not be surprised to see either one of Cam Allen or Etienne Marais go in the top 20, and I don't think either should. I have Allen higher because Allen, even though they have the same problem, which I'll explain in a second, I feel like Allen is a lot more toolsy, a lot more physical, and a lot more overall capable. Um, but they both have the same concern for me, which is first, both, when they receive the puck on the on, at the blue line, they just shoot. They don't ask questions. They don't try to delay or, or change the angle of their shot or anything like that. They just fire it on net, especially Cam Allen. He's the most trigger-happy defenseman I've ever seen, and it's mm-hmm. to the detriment of his whole team. Uh, Etienne Marain is a bit more complex because at least Cam Allen has some flashes of defensive elements, but Etienne Marain hasn't shown me anything at all to indicate that he should be a top-20 pick. And I believe he was picked by um, Lockdown Kraken at 20th. Which hmm. really raised my eyebrows when I saw that name. I was like, woof, because I've got him 111th, I believe. Whoa. So, Whoa. Yeah, I'm considerably lower okay. on a skill set than most, but I think that he could be one guy who you could see go in the, in the top 20. Uh, there's another one who's uh, Jakob Dvorak. He's a six foot five, 200 pound defenseman. So, enough said, really. I think that's yeah. that's very in Arizona's range. So, yeah, <laughs> those are a couple of guys I'd mentioned who I don't believe in their skill set. Oliver Bonk is another one as well. Um, yeah, he's,
0: you're in around a lot.
2: Yeah, he's Radic Bonk's son, and that that's about it. um so, <laughs> No, no, but he, he's he's really a great <laughs> shutdown defenseman. But he's the pucking out type of defenseman, like glass and out type of defenseman who won't give you any transition or offensive value, and is really just there to uh, just punish def- punish opponents and you know play on the penalty kill, and that's about it. But okay. I, I don't see value in that in the first round. But he almost definitely will be picked in the first round.
0: So. Uh, uh, where do you have my favorite name in the uh, in the draft? Kyle knows this one, Hugo Hell. Where do you have Hugo Hell?
2: I don't have him ranked. <laughs> That's
0: not <laughs> surprising. I mean, I, I'm seeing him like sixth, seventh round in, in mocks. The the mm-hmm. Athletic actually uh, did a seven round mock, yep. and I think it was just tongue in cheek. They put him on the Devils, <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> and course. that pick was right before the Avalanche too.
2: Absolutely. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, and then I'll wrap it up with this thing is you know just. Clearly, it's not going to happen, but I guess I'll have phrase it this way. What is the, the value of Connor Bedard in terms of like if the, another team was going to trade for that first round pick and you not know, like clearly getting Bedard? Is it like like how many first round picks for the future? Like, I don't want to say like players. It's tough to like throw it, players around. But if you it had to give up, all, you know, all draft capital, mm-hmm. what would it be? Who's your best player? Mm. well see we asked this question we were like you know if, if they came calling and saying hey our number one pick clearly connor bedard uh you have three superstars three and a half but you know you have you have mccarr you have mckinnon you have nate uh or um miko yeah mm-hmm. um and i asked uh jack on locked on blackhawks and he was like mckinnon the other guys are great mckinnon would be the only guy who i would even consider i probably would still say no
2: yeah, it has to start with McKinnon. It doesn't end with McKinnon. That's... Conor Bedard yeah. is the only prospect in recent memory that has the skill set, the adaptability, the mindset, everything you need in order to rival with Connor McDavid as the best player in hockey. Mm. That's how good he is. He's going to be better than McKinnon. He's going to be better than McCarr, okay. and he's going to be better than Rantanen.
0: So hey <laughs>
2: up. That's what I'm saying.
0: So it would be <laughs> McKinnon and, like, five first-round picks is what you're saying, like. Something like that,
2: maybe not five firsts. first, two maybe three, okay. something
0: like that. All right, that
2: a little crit. Wow,
0: wow. That, I mean that. Mm. Think about that. Yep. Think about that, Kyle. He, he's he's contemplating, and no, I mean clearly the Avalanche wouldn't do that. Clearly, but but just going to to I bring it up just to see like that this is what is expected of him. Like this is the value of this kid yep. is one of the three best players in the league and multiple
2: first round draft.
1: And then it makes, it makes the Central that much more difficult for the Avalanche to nag- navigate each and every year.
2: Mm. Yep, absolutely. Neither way, I mean, in Bedard, you know, the value's clear in Bedard, but it's still he's an 18-year-old, and you yep. never, ever know he could get injured in a couple of years and, and end his career. So that's why first overall picks never get traded. <laughs> that's really why. It's extremely yeah. rare.
0: Unless you give them chance after chance, like Martin Kout and Tyson Jost. for the for <laughs> man. it's it's been a, it's been a struggle sometimes for the. When they hit it, they hit it good. When they don't, it's been a struggle.
2: So absolutely.
0: Um, all right, Hattie, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Why don't you throw out where people can follow you? Because this is your the time of the year where people should yep. be doing that.
2: Yep, flock to me. Let's go. Uh, Hattie K <laughs> underscore scouting is the Twitter. You can find me. Uh, everything I do is the one stop shop. Everything I do goes there. So the podcast at Locked On NHL Prospects, my articles, I've got a couple coming up very soon, uh, which are going to be about my top 100, justifying uh, why I'm uh, supposedly clueless about the NHL draft uh, and, and, and other stuff like that. So, yeah, everything goes on uh, Twitter. And I've also got my personal YouTube channel, which will have some videos coming up soon, mainly about the Habs because I'm in Montreal. They're my favorite team. Uh, but if you just like scouting in general and want to have a good idea of what my process is when I'm watching a player, that's a great place to watch.
0: Awesome. Do, do we have anything planned for... Are you doing anything with Locked On, like live streaming or anything like
2: that? Or, or no, Possibly. On okay. draft day, I believe I'm supposed to hop on and talk about prospects. So okay. That's one thing. Yeah.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, we will definitely meet up with you again, maybe after it's all said and done and uh, kind of sure. go over... Maybe give the Avalanche a grade or something like that, and how they did. So absolutely, let's get right. that done. All right. Uh, thank you to Hattie for uh, joining us today, and thank you out there in Podcast Land for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Uh, for Mister Hattie Kalakash, for Mister Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I'm Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Enjoy the weekend, everyone, and we will see you on Monday.
2: Go, Abs. Go.